Hello and welcome to the 4th of Forever podcast. My name is Stuart Bothwell, his name is Darren Butter, and this is our AFC North preview for the 2020 season, which we are assuming is going to go ahead without a hitch. May well be no people in the stands uh, or some incredible social distancing measures in place, but uh, we'll just see how that all pans out. How's it going, Darren? You all right? It's going good. Luckily, we're doing some incredible social distancing right now as well. Hell yeah. I mean, like, we don't even need to social distance, but we just can't stand each other's company at all. So we're still doing this remotely. Um, but uh, that that is neither here nor there, honestly. I swear, it's nothing to do with that. Love you loads, man. And uh, we need to have another drink again soon. It's been a, it's been a week. couple of weeks. <laughs> Maybe it's something like week. that, yeah. Um, I didn't realise it was our 50th podcast. Um, we might be able to get Gary Vaynerchuk on now. He's always said that if you get to 50 podcasts, he'll come on a podcast. Oh, cool. Um, oh, well, we should have just uh, just had like f- like 50 one-minute ones and just got him on straight away. I think he would know this. <laughs> ah, well, I can I can stretch them out. I mean, we could like just talk crap for half an hour each time and just say like, yeah, that's, that's a podcast now. Do you want to come on? And he'd say no. And he'd probably say no anyway, but you know. Probably. But hey, we're, yeah. We're that's... allowed to ask now, I think is the main yeah, exactly. So the first uh, port of call is just going straight to him, being like, "Hey, look at our numbers. They're they are numbers. We've got that. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't and, mean that they're any good, but we've got numbers. And we don't hate on the Jets, so you know, safe safe space. You know, safe space. Yeah. And, and if we if we mention that I've got my Wayne Crebet jersey, I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be extra enthused by that for sure. Yeah, I don't intend to get a Sam Darnold one at any point, but uh, we'll just see how that all pans out. I don't think he minds. Vayner Sports missed out on Darnold by like one member of family saying no, so he's quite open about about that stuff. So okay, but I think they get on. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we're talking about the AFC North today, which is not not the AFC East. That that is true, um, uh, but it does include your Cleveland Browns, so I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, your take on them a little bit later on. But uh, should we kick things off with the Baltimore Ravens? Sure, why not? So the Baltimore Ravens last season finished 14 and two under Coach Harbaugh. Um, they were like clearly one of the the, the best teams in the NFL. Uh, that defense really came on leaps and bounds until it was totally dismantled by. Uh, Derek Henry uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Lamar Jackson is obviously the center point of that uh, of that offense they've got there, and it is just built around him. And uh, like my main question will be, can other teams figure this out, or can Baltimore really keep this momentum going? Um, in order to try and keep that momentum going, they've in- invested in a, in a couple of uh, good-looking playmakers in the draft. They've got. Patrick Queen, inside linebacker from LSU, and J.K. Dobbins in their with their first two picks. Uh, also managed to get like Derek Wolf in from Denver to help shore up that defensive line. Uh, but they did lose Michael Pierce to Dallas. So, return to my question, Darren: Can teams figure out Lamar Jackson on this offense, or do they roll? I I tend to think they'll roll, but playoff football is not regular season football so I don't expect them to win it is probably where I'm at but I do think that they'll um they'll get above 10 wins quite straightforward I think and and how it goes because they they do have a great team um though you get Patrick Queen and you've still got Earl Thomas and uh some of the the players they've got at wide receiver and even think they interviewed Antonio Brown at some point as well. Like they could just end up having a very strong team in general, but um, they were found out a bit in the AFC playoffs, and I I just don't think they have the distance, and I just don't know what it is about hmm. them. But they just don't strike me as a a winning team, like in that sense. But they'll this division they're the favourites, and they they should be. Um, but yeah. You know, we'll see. I would certainly have them down still as the favourites for this division. Although, I guess, it, in terms of what they end up doing uh, with maybe getting that uh, that first round by in the playoffs. In fact, there will be that uh, restructured playoffs this season as well, which we should actually have a look into properly uh, at another time. Um, but without uh, spoiling what uh, we're going to be talking about for the rest of this podcast, um, like... 
how has the rest of the division maybe caught up a little bit? Like, do we see likes of the Steelers, the Browns, and the Bengals actually making things more difficult for the Ravens this year? Um, it's, it certainly doesn't look like the the AFC East of old, where it's just the Patriots would just have to, you know, they would just show up and play games against the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins, and take a, take at least like like four four wins out of that, uh, and and just move on. Um, it does not feel like that's what this division's all about. No, it doesn't. And I'll be honest, like you've missed one massively key component of what they've done in the off season, and that's signing mm-hmm. Clayus Campbell. Ah, true. Yep. Okay. He uh, did not show up my my thing there. Yeah. So Clayus uh, Campbell. I mean, like you, you could also do tackle. some research as well, Darren. I just put it into did. The document. So they've got Derek Wolf <laughs> and Clayus Campbell on the defensive end. You know. Uh, Jimmy Smith yeah. is there as well. Um, he was re-signed. They've got Matthew Judon on a on a um, franchise tag, which I actually... There was people complaining that maybe they've mistreated him by putting him on the franchise tag. But I think that's that's fine for Judon, you know. he's. Do you think he think was going to get like four years, 50 million? I don't think so. It's, he's probably going to get like I don't, 13 I don't million or something, to be, you know, yeah, for one year. I don't think he's proved himself to be worth that yet. He seems like maybe he needs to prove himself in more than just this one season wonder situational player. Um, they just feel as if they may as well keep him around for now because they had the luxury of the franchise tag there. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them just like let him walk next season if he does have a good season. But I guess it depends on what other uh, transactions they have between now and then. Yeah, definitely, and how they they perform. But you know, if I'm Matthew Judon, I'm like, cool, I'll take twelve million now to. <laughs> play beside Patrick Queen and Earl Thomas. You know, yeah, he's not going to get a better situation, and it's guaranteed. You know, he gets injured, he's still getting the full franchise tag. So, I don't really see it as like a, an affront to him that he got franchise tagged and they weren't willing to negotiate. I think it's a great deal for him, to be honest. Um, and he was really good last year, but I think a lot of teams were chasing against the the Ravens, so it does make it mm. easier for you know off ball linebackers and that to to um to play when it's you know every play is a throw pretty much yeah you have the, to. the stats become inflated because uh, they get more opportunities uh with other teams having their backs against the wall uh so yeah sometimes things like that do show up that way and in other cases it's just kind of hidden by uh by those sorts of uh, scenarios yeah i would have liked to have seen them get a bit more um talent in the offense i think they're, they're still gonna have to rely quite heavily on jackson um hopefully mm-hmm. just for watching the game and enjoying it i hope um, marquise brown is healthy um, yeah absolutely he can be a real important piece in that in that offense um i think i'm pretty i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure at the moment it's literally what sneed and marcus and um marquise brown are like their two wide receivers so mm-hmm. that sounds about right they could have done uh, with a bit more there. I think they got Jacob Breland as well. No, he's yeah. yeah. Well, they were they were very heavily involved in uh, in, in tight end sets last season with uh, uh, was it Nick Nick Boyle, uh, who's still there. Uh, Mark Andrews, who was a little bit inconsistent, but he was clearly their their best pass catching threat. And Hayden Hurst, who's moved on to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so they, they 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 are probably still building around a very similar model to last season. But they need to be careful with that. You've always got to continue adding little wrinkles into the into these offenses, otherwise you get found out. Uh, case in point would be the uh, the, the Rams of uh, the last few seasons, where there's a point where everyone's just hailing Sean McVay as this genius, and it's like, oh, he's the unstoppable, sign him up for 12 years or whatever. And then the next season, it's like, oh, wait, uh, Jared Goff isn't looking that great anymore. What's uh, what's happening? It's because they just kept trying to do the same thing. Well, they didn't have add, to evolve. They didn't add the fullback, you know, um... The Patriots mm. and the um, the Chiefs and uh, the the 49ers were like, cool, this McVeigh stuff looks pretty interesting, but let's just add a fullback to make sure we're protecting a bit more. They yeah. they didn't. They kept it the way it was, and it was just that little wrinkle of not having the fullback there in a lot of the runs that they just couldn't get out wide. And I think a lot of it was just due with scheme. I think that the Ravens shouldn't have really much issue with that. They have a great um, fullback and they have really good running backs as well um yeah, jk absolutely. dobbins being added in the second round that just seems like why you know they've got edwards 
they've got um, Ingram. Mm-hmm. Just, Justice Hill's in the backfield as well. Yeah. It's a very crowded backfield, but like this just seems like the sort of thing that uh, Harbaugh really wants to build up. Um, I think Mark Ingram is still your, your lead back. He's your punisher. He's still pretty quick and just really a leader on that team. Uh, Dob- Dobbins can be used more as this pass catcher. Um, Gus Edwards, maybe more your just your extra guy, your change of pace. Uh, Justice Hill, I think, might end up being the odd one out there, despite the fact that he's he has actually been pretty good. Um, but like, yeah, it, it does feel as if to me they they saw they saw this opportunity with a running back there. J.K. Dobbins had slipped that far out of the first round, uh, all the way down to the twenty third pick in the second. Uh, apparently, is that right? I'm not sure, but um, went for him. And I, I just, like, just saw him as being the best athlete available. I understand going for that, uh, even though I don't necessarily like the fact that it was a running back they chose to do that with. Um, but like, I, I, I see their logic. I think they'll, they'll maybe plan to use him in the slot and move him around a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's, I think it's going to look pretty similar to what they did last season because it, it worked and... It's just impossible to account for Lamar Jackson to for any length of time because he, he just runs around, uh, continues to make time for himself uh, to throw first, and then uh, if there's nothing at all, he'll just break it and run it past you. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how long that can last, um, but... That that five yard pace he's got to beat the line is just explosive and annoying, and he's he's a very good player. I yeah. I still want to see more of him. I still want to see that he can throw it the distance and play mm-hmm. from behind and things like that. But if you never yeah. need to, then he doesn't need to show us really. Um, which is the difference between regular season and playoffs, I guess. But yeah, the AFC is well, getting crowded. How Harbaugh schemes it up, and he has to do something. I also, I just, I can feel that um, Boykin, Miles Boykin, is going to be a good player this season because I dropped him in my fantasy when I had him for four oh, years. Of course, so <laughs> I, I can just feel that he's going to get some chances. He's already been, Isn't he's already been talked up a few times. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I still. I don't see um, Marquise Brown as an X. I just don't see him as the number one. And if they were to go out and get like an Antonio Brown um, or a, a Des Bryant or something to sure it up a bit more, I wouldn't be surprised because I just think they're a little bit lacking in wide receiver. And it's as you said, you need to add these wrinkles. You can't keep playing three tight ends, two tight end sets. You know, teams will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... In terms of this division, I think they've got it sewn mm-hmm. up. I, I would love to see if um, Minka Fitzpatrick can become the anti-Lamar. Um, <laughs> if he can spy. I know he's a very good spying um, mm-hmm. player. Uh, but if they can actually kind of evolve that into those two games they play against each other, then he can yeah. really make a difference. And that will be, be quite interesting. Well, that'll, that'll lead us nicely into talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, since we need to wrap up the, the Ravens just now. Um, just looking at their schedule, it's a very interesting start to the season because obviously you've got the, the Browns in game one, uh, followed by the Houston Texans, who are a very intriguing team uh, in their own right, given what's happened to them this offseason. Then you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, followed by the Washington team, who have as yet not got a name uh, so um, I'm, I'm interested to see how that one goes it's all looking quite fascinating and um, yeah I'm looking forward to keeping a close eye on the Ravens through the course of this one um, Same. I'm really on. I'm really looking forward to watching Smith uh, Fish Smithson play who's I? there's a player on the roster that I'm just looking at here from Kansas called Fish Smithson Fish Smithson yes okay we're going to have to do some more research into him. I wonder if I can get him on Cameo. We'll see how we go. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers finished 8-8 eight and eight last season, which many people would probably consider to be miraculous given the loss of Big Ben Roethlisberger early in the season. Um, they were not helped by their quarterback situation, which was, to say the least, uh, absolutely dire. Um, they just managed to hold on 
because of the the immense power of that defense and the brilliant mind of Mike Tomlin just dragging down other teams to their level and allowing the likes of Mason Rudolph and uh, Duck Hodges to somehow pull out some victories. Um, they also have Paxton Lynch on their, their roster now, but I don't see him being used at any point. But um, I think the main question here is Big Ben's coming back. What's the impact of that on this squad? I think they'll be annoyed. I think they'll be like, oh, him. Great. <laughs> you think Big Ben's be- become more of a distraction and uh, they need to move on from him? Is that what you're saying? He's or? a bit of a crutch. Um, I would... If I was the Steelers, I'd be absolutely kicking myself that that um, Jalen Hurts went to the Eagles. I thought Jalen Hurts was a perfect draft pick for the, these mm. guys' situation, and it's it didn't really make much sense for the Eagles to take Hurts where they did, but it does mean that or the, or does it the Steelers? It, you know, they like to be a QB factory there. The Steelers didn't get him, um, mm-hmm. but look, the Steelers will probably be quite good. They're always you know roundabout. Uh, they've they've made a few signings. I'm I'm intrigued by Eric Ebron. I think he was um put yeah. out by the quarterback situation at Indy last year. Um, yeah, historically they've um, worked pretty well with their tight ends from um, uh, the oh god, what's his name now? Heath. Um, I was going to say Ledger, but that's definitely not right. Heath Miller was uh, was another excellent. Uh, tight end recently, but uh, Vance McDonald's really stepped into that role, um, and Eric, Eric Ebron could really help turn that uh, unit into quite a dangerous one-two punch if they get both tight ends on the field there, which I think could actually work quite well if you get like the two tight. If you want to go for like four receiver sets, you have two tight ends for the big guys, and you have Juju out wide and uh, James Washington, and, you know, obviously mixing uh, second-round pick Chase Claypool from Notre Dame into the mix as well. I'm, like, I'm not sure if that is that bad a receiving core anymore. I was looking at it beforehand thinking, I just don't see it. But Washington came on leaps and bounds last season, and, uh, like, maybe Juju will benefit from having, obviously, Roethlisberger back, but the, just, like, that little bit more uh, experience around him now. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Like I think Ebron and McDonald will make it easier for Juju and um and that to make plays, but it's kinda of similar situation to the, the Ravens in that, you know Yeah, they've got a, what they'd consider a clear number one in Smith Schuster. Um but then it's James Washington and Ryan Switzer. It's not like we're talking, the Switz Army Knife, oh, thank you very much. I know, but it's not like we're talking, you know, anything <laughs> back-breaking for the defences they're playing. No, um, absolutely. And you're putting a lot on Roethlisberger there, and you consider how long it takes a major league pitcher to come back after Tommy John surgery. I just... I thought it was it, like, in my head, just when he did it last year, and they said it was Tommy John, he was going for surgery. I was like, what's the point? And coming back after what he's achieved, it's just, it's a pity. Oh, but because he wants to just hold on for dear life. He wants to keep people guessing and saying, oh, he's considering retirement. But then as soon as they start to look elsewhere, he's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay around. Uh, no, I don't want anyone else to take my job. I don't want to do it myself, but I don't want anyone else to take it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not great, is it? It's, um. A, a difficult situation. He wants to go out to on his own in. terms, and he's not ready for it yeah, yet. Because so they don't want to give up on him. He's their their player. Um, but it, it would have been a good time to move on. Um, I would have like. There's one thing I would really have liked if they couldn't get Hurts, um, and they ended up going to the Panthers. But PJ Walker from the XFL. Yeah, I thought he would have been a great shout for the Steelers. Um, from the Houston Roughnecks, you know, he didn't lose a game and he was just so entertaining. Um, mm. I just think the Steelers need a bit of that, a bit more m- movement, a bit more um, about them on offense. Um, their defense have so much, you know, Edmonds, Fitzpatrick, you know, players that really put yeah. put the shoulder in and make it difficult. But their offense... Cam Hayward, uh, Mike, Hilton, Mike Hilton was yeah. underrated last season as well. Uh, Bud Dupree's still going through, or I'm not sure if he's ever got anywhere with it, but he was... Um, upset with his linebacker designation for the franchise tag and wanted to con- be considered a defensive end. 
because I think that's worth something like uh, like five million dollars more on the tag yeah. or something. Um, De- Devin Bush is like what was really good last season as yeah. well. He just needs to take a step up. But TJ Watt was uh, was really the the, the the center point of that offense last season. Uh, like they, they just from front to back looked um, like excellent, just absolute wrecking machines. They're one of the best defenses I've seen in recent years, uh, and totally carried that team. Um, I, I would be a little bit worried about the Steelers this season. Uh, not if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be very happy. I, I think I can I can see them returning to ten win territory here and uh, making the playoffs. Yeah, they've also got still got a thirty year old Joe Hayden, so yeah, he's not. Yeah. It's not like he's he's over the hill. Um, they're really good on defense anyway. I just think on offense that you know they're relying on a couple of running backs that aren't quite what you need them to be and you're you just don't mm. know what you're gonna get from um yeah from big ben if you think back like big ben literally threw the game away and couldn't give a flying s against the pats <laughs> like it was it was the worst one of the worst performances i've seen from a team that's meant to be competitive that yeah that first opening game you know the sunday night game and it was really bad and it was it was on big ben he just didn't seem like he was interested and then the yeah, next game himself. he was injured and it was gone you know mm-hmm. well like I, th- I think um talking about big ben i think that he was he would never want to end up just going out like limping he, he he wants to like come back and have like at least one full season give it another shot and then he'll maybe go out if he wants to but i mean i i do i do think he he still has it in him um to, to what extent i don't really know but um I think that this roster is going to give him a, a, a good opportunity to to go out there and prove himself one, one at least one last time, if not two, three more times. It just depends how long he wants to do it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're a they're a good squad. We'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm a Browns fan, so great. But you know, yeah. So you, you don't want to be talking them up too much. <laughs> no, um, another, <laughs> actually, no. We'll, we'll get onto that later on. I was going to talk about something else there, but uh, yeah, the 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 Steelers start off the season uh, at the New York Giants, um, which should be a relatively easy win. Then they go, sorry, then they host the Denver Broncos, which is one that I will be watching very closely for obvious reasons, but also just because it's a fascinating contest. Um, then, then they will host the Houston Texans and visit the Tennessee Titans. So another interesting start to the season there. Uh, they will eventually have to deal with your Cleveland Browns on Sunday, the 18th of October, um, providing the schedule remains accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how I see the, like that little start to the season going. I can probably see that being from, from the first five games with uh, Philadelphia in there as well. I'd say three wins out of five. I can see them going three and two in the first five five games. Maybe. Um, I I do think that the Steelers will be fighting for that extra playoff spot rather than competing for the playoffs. I think it will be, you know, that extra spot that you get at like eight and eight or nine and mm. seven or seven and nine, depending on how the season plays out. They'll be yeah. they'll It'll be there around the about. They'll teams... get they'll get their seven yeah. wins, um, but if they'll get to five hundred or get above is is really depending on Big Ben. To be honest, I, yeah. I don't think it's dependent on anything else. Um, he's such a big factor in that team. If you got if you got Big Ben and Villanueva playing well, um, there's enough weapons and the defense is good enough to to you know win win games. Mm. I'd be interested to see um, what would happen with Steelers' quarterback situation if they finished under 8-8 next season. But um, I guess only time will tell. Yes. Okay. Shall we move on to the Cleveland Browns, uh, who last season were a bit of a disappointment for most, uh, least of all you, uh, finishing 6-10. and uh, They've brought in Kevin Stefanski to try and steady the ship after a pretty disastrous experiment. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't disastrous by Cleveland standards. It was actually quite successful with six wins. But um, a lot was expected. Uh, not as much was delivered. Uh, they've gone and invested in their offensive line, in their defense. 
So they brought in uh, Jedrick Wills Jr., offensive tackle from Alabama with the 10th overall pick. Uh, they signed Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans to a three-year, $42 million contract, as well as bringing in Austin Hooper from Atlanta on a four-year, $42 million deal, which was at the time, and I believe still is, the most money paid for a tight end in NFL history. And I don't particularly like that deal, but you know, you, you go with uh, what you go with. They also lost Joe Schobert to Jacksonville, um, but with the changes that they've made and everything being shored up around Baker Mayfield, is this make or break for the Browns and, more importantly, for Baker? No, I think Baker's got a pretty decent leash at, um, at the Browns, as long as he's fit. If he gets injured, then it's a completely different game because Keenum's there. And Keenum loves nothing more than coming in and, you know, getting paid some more money. So Being the hero. Yeah, so... The the Browns are interesting. I think it's impossible to tell what that team was last year without um, with them just playing verticals. They, they were literally, and I've said it before, it was like watching a kid play Madden. It was just yeah, run verticals and just heave it up. It, was like, it looked like they were too desperate to try and make something happen. And if you and actually then... played any decent football they were doing well there's a couple of moments in the Seahawks game that they lost that they were brilliant and the offense was ticking and it's like why why do we keep leaning towards this like um full measure offense when the intermediate stuff is working and you know it just the the whole thing didn't really make much sense to me um and you can tell that maybe Kitchens was just out of his depth. I know for a fact that you know Stefanski loves his tight ends. Um, mm-hmm. He's got Hooper. He was hoping to have Njoku, but we discussed it last time that Njoku's probably better off leaving. Um, Harrison Bryant there too, who has yeah. been getting a lot of love in the Browns. I say in the Browns camp, but they've not really managed to get anywhere like that. <laughs> he yet, looks good but... on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, he looks so good on Zoom. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns <laughs> signed players off of Zoom. That seems to be about how good their front office has been. Look, I I appreciate Andrew Barry. I still think that it's it's a big loss to lose um Jack you know, the uh Big John from the GM's office last year. I think yeah. he was he had a plan. Um mm-hmm. but you know, Stefanski no idea if he's going to be good or not, but Jedrick Rose is I th- I think that probably he'll be the... a nicer setup for the head coaching position than uh, you had last season. Yeah, because he just got a little bit more discipline, and that's what this uh, crowd of uh, like varied personalities needs. I have to be honest, in the last season, I think the last three games, I watched like five minutes of each game. It was just impossible to watch. It was so bad. Mm. But the um, my favorite players from last year were um, Landry and. And Schobert, and I think it's actually quite a big loss to lose Schobert. I don't know if he just wanted some hot weather or mm-hmm. if we didn't want to give him <laughs> give him the money. Um, but it is a loss. I think Schobert was the most exciting player on our team, which is saying something. Um, I mean, he he was an inside linebacker, and like when it comes to to that, and if you had to pay him to keep him, uh, then like it was one of those ones which was on my radar as being like he was good. He did contribute, but I probably have to let him leave because middle linebackers are often really plug and play for the most part, unless you've got uh, someone extra special who's dropping back in coverage like a Luke Kuechly. Um it's, it's just often not worth the money. Yeah, um, they, they so fall in. likes of Mac Wilson there now, who's uh, the second year pro. Uh, he, he, looked, he looked good in, good in spells last season. I, but I have to say, I think we've drafted we really much. well. Like Mac Wilson's a fourth-round pick. Um and, you know, you look at our draft and it's Jedrick Wills in the first round. It's probably my choice for offensive tackle, if if mm-hmm. out of any of them. I just love tackles from Alabama and Auburn. And then yeah. Grant Grant Delpit from LSU in the second round, you know. we've And yeah, then we got nice. Greedy Williams the year before. And and if you look back, so the last, like, couple of rounds have been Baker. Um, oh, my God, his name's completely gone. The cornerback. Um, cornerback, uh, what for? For the Browns, Denzel Ward. That's it. Yes, sorry, it's completely gone. And then, um, sorry, you got it. Then Greedy, Will- back, Greedy Williams and Mac Wilson, <laughs> and then the next year it's Jedrick Wills and Grant Delpit. It's pretty good. 
top couple. Darn, the, the, the whole roster, like, it's starting truly, squad, if everything stays together, it looks really good, like man, Jack honestly. Jack Conklin is a great player. Like, <laughs> when he wants to He will to certainly be. help shore things up. It, it was, like, the main problem for the Browns last season was that dismal offensive line. But looking at it now, you got, if Jedrick Wills Jr. pans out at tackle... Uh, as does Conklin, and you've got Joel Batonio there and JC Tretter. They're they're no pushovers, uh, and then you've got Wyatt Teller filling things out there. Like it's not it's not bad at all. I could uh, go up from being uh, very much bottom of bottom end of the pile uh, up to I'd say at very least somewhere in the middle, and it, it'll just depend on how Baker uses the space that's created for him, I suppose. Um, so I I think that Stefanski has the squad in a better place. Yeah. Um, like purely because of that, because honestly, an offensive line is just so important to to an offense. Well, and the, I think that last season was the perfect example of that. Well, the Browns, like in general, their their brand is just so much stronger than it used to be. Like, I would have expected mm. the Browns a couple of years ago to be like, our offensive line isn't great, but don't worry, we've signed Eric Flowers. You know, like it would be. <laughs> That kind of pick, or like the pick they did make, yeah. who ended up crossing the Alabama border with the whole country's worth of weed for some reason. Yeah, um, Greg, Greg Robinson yeah, was that. Yeah, I think? like yeah, you know, we would fill in gaps with these like projects or these players that clearly aren't good enough because no one else yeah. would come. Can't say that now. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Jedrick Wilson, he looked genu- genuinely excited to be playing with Baker, and then Jack Conklin agrees to move ahead of moving to the Pats or whatever it was, whoever else was in mm-hmm. for him. So, look, the Browns have a brand now, um, and now they just need to convert it into performances on the field. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it is kind of hoping that they've got the coach for that. I'm still not sure about Wilkes, um, but if Stefanski can make it work, then, you know, the, the talent's there. Yeah. Um, what's their start looking like? I honestly haven't looked at the rosters at all. Uh, the start for the uh, Cleveland Browns. So you've got the Ravens to begin with, yeah. followed by the Bengals yeah. and the Washington franchise. Then it is down to Dallas and over to Indianapolis. So, so it's going to be two or three or three and two, depending on how they do against Indy. I don't think they'll beat Dallas mm. and I don't think they'll um, beat the Ravens. They could beat the Ravens, um, or they were the only team to beat the Ravens at home last year. Yeah, yeah. That um, game was I would excellent. See them... That was that that was yeah. a good performance, and it's like it was indeed. You know, you we, like we live in Wellington, and you watch like if you watch the Hurricanes and like TJ Perinara captaining the Hurricanes, and it's just hilarious. The whole game is just he's just chatting and making faces and doing all the stuff. And when Baker's on, he's just like that. You know. I don't know if people remember. Will but he be like that this season, though, or is he going to try and be probably got more a, regimented? As long as he isn't running for his life, I'll think he'll be happy. But the, yeah. <laughs> but like when um, Chubb broke away for that ninety-yard touchdown, he's like running up behind him, like waving his arms like a crazy person. There's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. picture of like some. He, he just wants to win. AP he, guy he wants to, to be the one to bring success to that franchise. Yeah, and just like a little bit of that camera angle, he got the. He got Chubb all fo- unfocused and he had a Baker like 40 yards away cheering and running with him as fast as he could <laughs> um, in clear focus. It's such a good picture. But it's I think beautiful. we're tasting, you know, victories and performances. Like the performance against the Seahawks probably deserved more last year. And we did have quite a difficult, um, you know, group uh, run of it with um having yeah. to play pretty much the nfc west and oh it was hard about eight weeks like the whole nfc west and the whole afc east um well pretty much the everything pats. was against we had to play you the pats last away. season and we had to play san francisco yeah. away <laughs> yeah everything was against you but you also couldn't get out of your own way in a lot of cases a lot of really failed little shovel passes and stuff it was just like a, going for a, a bit of a, a nightmare draw play on fourth down yeah, n- not ideal. That's not how you win ball games. It really isn't. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, we we need to wrap up on the Browns shortly. But uh, we would certainly be going amiss if we didn't mention that Miles Garrett had just signed a hundred twenty five million dollar five year deal to remain with the ball club. Um, now I remember at some point last season, uh, things like his status with the club was very much up in the air because he uh, removed uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet at the end of a game against the Steelers and struck him with it and consequently never played again the rest of the season. 
I think someone calculated that um, for the, the the fine and the ban that he got, uh, he can now afford to strike Mason Rudolph about 2,978 times, I think it was, uh, like, <laughs> under, under this contract. So, And some people would really like that. I'm not condoning it at all, but he seems like a bit of an arsehole. Like, Miles Garrett, like, I don't think it's fair to end his career over that. It wasn't great, and I was very critical of him when it happened because I was critical of yeah. him against the Jets on Monday Night Football. Rightly so. And he has to watch that. Like that's. Um, it, it does seem strange that landing... So it goes two ways. So you say that, oh, maybe the refs are too, um, too easy on the call with the roughing the, the quarterback, like the Broncos had against the Bears. But then it oh goes God, the other way where, you know, he tears up the Jets guy's um, knee yeah, with a late hit. Nice. And all oh, this is a 15-yard penalty, and it's like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, are they was, both 15-yard yeah, penalties or are they neither 15-yard penalties? Like, one has to be more than... The other, I mean. yeah. Like, it's really hard to. It's it's that consistency because obviously it's it's not a digital thing. The game is very much analog, and there's always going to be a grey area, and someone just has to make a decision. Because I think we can um, both agree that he probably ended Simeon's ended Simeon's career there. I would like, think that's probably if, a, if a Simeon fair had a good game in that game on Monday Night TV, he's probably got another couple of years as a backup. Yeah, and no, he got what four plays, and then he was taken out after he'd thrown the ball, like. Garrett has that in him, and he's absolutely massive. And I kind of hope he can. Like, you want players to be, you know, passionate and play for the win. But sometimes Garrett don't want them to wreck other players. Yeah, yeah, you know, you don't want to be the guy going, "Oh, I'm going to support this guy no matter what." It's not really the way I view it. But yeah, I would love for him to to kind of clean that up and earn this money and and be the best PFF defensive player in the league like he was when he was banned like it's it's definitely there for him and shoring him up and i think we shored up vernon as well um mm-hmm, having yeah. those two guys uh, on defense re- restructured his contract as well which was handy yeah but mm-hmm. we haven't even spoke about landry and beckham there's like this team's so loaded that it, it's yeah. just when beckham dyed his hair blonde so apparently we're gonna win <laughs> so, you know okay that's what it's gonna be he okay. came out and was like oh this is just who i am it's like okay <laughs> fine okay you, you if, got two touchdowns last to year mate seen. come on let's 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 yeah. maybe get a couple more yeah exactly focus on your play man uh, we'll see how it goes yep. for the cleveland browns but we need to move on to the cincinnati bengals and do we have to? Uh, they yes we do darren <laughs> we do have to go to the cincinnati bengals uh, they finished two and 14 last season in zach taylor's first uh year as head coach um no one really knew what was what we actually got out of Zach Taylor because uh, players started going down with injuries and just nothing really worked out. Apart from the fact that they managed to beat everyone to the first round, so first pick in the first round, and picked up quarterback Joe Burrow from LSU, who uh, I believe by PFF gradings has the best quarterback that they've ever seen through that system. Um, he's he just looks absolutely tailor made for the NFL, and um, it, it just it just feels as if he's coming into a situation which isn't as bad as it looked at the end of last season. Uh, he he comes in along with Flex of T Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, they also invested heavily in their uh, defensive tackle DJ Reader from Houston, a four year fifty three million dollar deal. Uh, they picked up Trey Waynes from Minnesota. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. And I think quite an under under the radar one was uh, picking up Von Bell, strong safety from New Orleans on a three-year, $18 million deal. But the most important additions uh, to the squad are the ones who were there already. Um, with the, the offensive line and wide receiving uh, players returning mainly from injury, it was really awful. Like, are the Bengals poised to make at least a bit of a jump this season? Uh, they... They definitely have a chance if uh, Jonah Williams is a number eight pick. If if Jonah Williams comes in at left tackle as the player they wanted him to be last year before he got injured, and yeah. Burrows is what we expect, they're definitely going to be competitive in games. I, I don't know if they'll win any, um, but you know they they have to start somewhere, 
I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've made some interesting signings. They've definitely looked at the kind of superstars of college and tried to kind of go from there. Like, you know, they've still got John Ross. They've got, um, they picked up Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd's still there. AJ Green might play. Yeah, like that's, I mean, if you look at AJ Green, he's not in his prime anymore, but I'm, I think he can still come back and do a job if he's fit. Tyler Boyd's a, a great number two. T. Higgins is there. He can work out really well in the slot. And then you have uh, John Ross as potentially being your X factor if he can just really, well, first of all, stay healthy, but then just harness that that energy and explosiveness and get it back to us on a consistent basis. And then that's before you even start talking about uh, Joe Mixon, who like was a, a highlight for them last season. Um, he wasn't exactly consistent, but he certainly showed flashes. But you could never expect him to actually do anything behind the likes of Ryan Finlay. Um, not that we didn't like Ryan Finlay, but he just wasn't really the caliber of player that you needed, especially behind an offensive line that porous. Yeah, um, but like, and like, at the moment, Ryan Finlay is their starter because own, he's not signed yet. Joe Burrows isn't technically a Bengal yet. So, mm-hmm. if you look at their depth chart, he's not there, uh, which makes me smile. Um, the <laughs> the main thing I think is if they can get the offensive line working, they just have a a triple threat of running backs that can make a difference. You know, it's Mixon, Bernard, and Rodney Anderson. That's it's a pretty pretty good like um, trio to if you need to get the ball to Burrow's hands and like just kind of round down the clock and, and get into games. Um, mm-hmm. And then AJ Green, Erickson and Boyd and Ross, you know, it's and Mike Thomas as well. Like, it's it's there for them. I, I don't know. As I said, I just, I just don't know if they're going to win any games, but they <laughs> they're building in the right direction. I think there's still a lot of questions on that on that mm-hmm. team there. Like the, the, the tight end's non-existent now that Tyler Eifert's out the door finally after so many injury riddled seasons himself. Uh, Drew Sample comes in as uh, as a, a recent pick. Uh, they've got uh, CJ Uzoma there as well, but it's that, that offensive line still has a lot of questions. That uh, The John, John Williams setup, that could work out really well for them. But I mean, even if he does come in and play to, like as if it was his first season in the league, it usually takes a little bit of time for offensive linemen to really like, get into it. Um, so, when if you've got him one side, he looks decent. Then you've got Bobby Hart on the other side. Not so so keen on that. Like they've got a couple of playmakers on the on the defensive side of the ball as well. With Carlos Dunlap still there, Geno Atkins is still there. If he can find his form of a few seasons ago, like him, then DJ Reader too. That's it's not bad. Uh, obviously I mentioned Von Bell already and you've got William Jackson at the back there who has just kind of been completely lost in this mire that is the Cincinnati uh, like defense like he's still a, an excellent player but there's only so much of the field he could cover last season when everyone else was so awful yeah I I did love um, you know they've signed uh, Ryan Glasgow and <laughs> yeah I think he came out and said after he signed that, you know, he's went to Michigan and then was signed as a free agent by Detroit. And he was saying that, you know, he may as well be going to Hawaii, <laughs> going to going to Cincinnati. <laughs> it was just such a different place. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, cr- crossing the river, crossing the um, the state lines into 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 the um, Ohio for, the, for yeah. the Glasgow brother, he's stepping into enemy territory and he's going to play so for So far away. Yeah. yeah, like, I wonder if he's been, like, com- completely disassociated from the family now. Has he been cut off? Yeah, I don't know. Like if this... I mean, obviously, Gra- Graham also has moved out and headed down to uh, to Denver. So, I, I don't know, maybe they're really beginning to branch out the Glasgows. <laughs> yeah. Or the Glasgow. <laughs> the Glasgows. Graham Glasgow. Oh, God. Ryan Glasgow. Do they pronounce it that way as well? Because they must know. Hope, I don't know. I hope they know. <laughs> I, I'm sure they're probably not corrected anyone. I'll tell you that that'll be our homework for this, uh, at very least this season. But it's to he's, go back and he's, watch those like line introductions that you get on CBS Sports. He's, or whatever. he's six foot three and three hundred pounds. Do you want to tell him he's pronouncing his name wrong? <laughs> um, excuse me, Ryan. I think you'll find out that uh, it's actually a Glasgow. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I, I think I'll just leave it. <laughs> yep. You can say whatever he wants. <laughs> yep. Um, look, the Bengals two and fourteen, eh, probably. 
<laughs> don't really have much more. They'll, I, they're kind of a league pass team. I think, like, you know, mm-hmm. if they're on, you know, they might be interesting oh, yeah, I'm, I'm to interested. check out some of their players. But they've got some weapons, and like, if certain things go right, it could end up being a, a good, a decent season for them. Like, I think maybe five wins would be fair, uh, and it would probably still buy Zach Taylor a little bit more time to to do something I, with I'd it. I hope so. He hasn't really had much chance. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what some teams are like—they just sort of shift back and forth with, with, with uh, head coaches, and they don't get patient. And like, obviously, this is Zach's first time doing this. It is really hard to establish yourself and actually put a stamp on a team. Uh, I mean, like, we we don't really know what Zach Taylor does yet because he just maybe he's just been hiding it from us this whole time, saying, "Well, we were just always going to be crap last season." Let's just give it a go next season. There's no point in doing anything clever because it's not going to work. So we may as well leave it until we have a squad. Like this Bengals team, it just reminds me of Brazil on FIFA. It's just all fake players that I don't know. And then right at the bottom (laughs) of this depth chart is like Ronaldo, Ronaldinho and Rivaldo and AJ Green, Ericsson and Boyd. (laughs) Yeah, and they're all... all, It's like like uh, the only three players in the whole team. But, you know, it just seems... It's like playing playing football manager eight years down the line, yeah. and Ronaldo's still playing all, at forty three years regens. old, and it's all regens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like like they might be good. I, I I just doubt it, and I doubt it for a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that I'm just looking at going. It'd be good if you could be a bit better, but you know, just you know, when you play the Browns, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's it's a pretty hard looking um, first few weeks of the schedule as well. They start off with the Los Angeles Chargers, and like who knows what they're going to be? Because we looked at their roster last season and said, "Yep, yeah, that looks good." But now, what's going on there? Who really knows? Especially with their their quarterback situation and their offensive line situation. Um, but I would probably still expect the Chargers' depth to to maybe handle the the Bengals in that one. Then they got the Browns, Eagles. Jacksonville Jaguars, that could be an interesting one with them. Uh, then they'll get absolutely sodomized by the Baltimore Ravens and uh, the Indianapolis Colts will take them on in mid-October. Yeah, the the Jacksonville Jags game is just like flinging shit around, to be honest. I don't really... It'll probably be enjoyable to watch. It's <laughs> kind of like watching well, a div, I mean, div-free it... college basketball game. It's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. We'll, we'll so talk, much we'll physicality. We'll talk about in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Look at that rebounding. Well, I'm just, I'm definitely interested to see what happens with Jacksonville this season, based purely on like, is Gardner Minshew going to be bad enough to uh, to earn them what they really want, which is probably Trevor Lawrence. But you know, who really knows? Uh, we will get on to them in the next episode. So it's, I think that's what we call a segue in the biz there, Darren, and a bit of a tease. Um, because we need to to wrap this one up there. Um, so the AFC North, who have you got down as your your winner for this one and your uh, bottom of the barrel? Uh, well, the Ravens will probably win it. I my my hope is that the Steelers and Browns are kind of competing for that last playoff kind of immediate spot or the mm-hmm. last playoff you know buy in spot. Yeah, um, it's just so competitive in the AFC. Like you're looking at this division, you've got the Steelers, Browns, and Ravens who have probably three of the best rosters, and then you're not even including yeah. the fact that the Chiefs exist and the Titans exist and the Patriots exist, and it's it's gonna be a challenge. Um, well, I think anything more than six wins is a bonus for the Browns this year. They have to get to eight or nine if they really want to show that they've got it. But it's just so competitive. And the Steelers the roster's too good not to. It yeah. shouldn't be. And the the Steelers are a seven and nine, eight and eight, six and ten kind of team. So it just depends on how it falls for them. And um, we also didn't mm-hmm. really mention that, you know, we don't know what Chase Claypool will be. He's a wide receiver that brought in the second yeah. round. Um but you can't look past the Ravens in terms of the talent and the fact they've already done it. Um mm-hmm. but look, if the Browns actually run their running backs who they have probably two of the best in the league in Kareem Hunt and you know Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb yeah. then maybe they can do something to the Ravens because then the Ravens won't get on this field. Because the Browns played really well against the Ravens twice, but also played their running backs the least, even though they had the most yards per carry in the league off of um, shotgun sets. So it's like, okay, well, yeah. if, you're, if you've got Chubb and Hunt, maybe maybe use them. 
instead of dropping <laughs> that, that back would be and, a idea. dropping back and throwing four verticals every single time. So, but yeah, it's it's a cluster of really good teams, and then the Bengals. So the Bengals are probably at three and thirteen, four and twelve at most. Okay, okay, give me give me an order then. I'm putting you on the spot. Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. I will have to agree with that one as well. Yeah. Steelers, um, look, if Ben's gone, then the Browns are right up there with the Ravens because they'll get a couple of wins that they might not have expected to get. But if if the Steelers are um, have Ben for the whole season, then it's going to be really competitive. But I think the Browns have the better roster and that's all we can really go on right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's so much unknown with regards to uh, even like training camps and how, how this whole league's going to work, how the games are going to work. Um, but if we're ignoring all that, I think it's borderline as you were uh, with maybe the Browns making a bit of a leap up. Uh, but it, it can be anyone's division apart from the Bengals, I think. Yeah, yeah. Look, if the Browns can get the better of um, Mike, then they've got four wins there. Um, without yeah. playing the Ravens, and that's that's where they went wrong last year. They just couldn't. They you know they lost that game to the Steelers when they no they won it. They lost the other game, the the home game to the Steelers yeah. um, when they shouldn't have. They just got Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it happens. Um, so yeah, I look. My heart's in this division. I want the Browns to do really well. Um, I know, and I'm putting I them know. over the Steelers primarily on that, but I think they're both kind of eight and eight teams, and okay. we'll, we'll go from well, there. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess only time will tell, and uh, that will do it for the AFC North. Those are our thoughts on the matter. If you guys have any, then by all means, please do let us know. Get in touch on the Facebook page uh, or by our email, which you can also find up there. Uh, any final thoughts, Darren? Before we move on to uh, AFC South next week? No, no, I am. I'm. This is making me excited for football, but also very like sad. <laughs> no idea. But um, look, going off, it's starting as normal. It's going to be a good season. I think even like you know the AFC North isn't usually the go-to division. You know we've got the a- NFC West to come at some point, and it's entertaining. Like the talent there is unbelievable. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to it, and I'm glad to be talking about football and and getting into the nitty-gritty of these squads. Yes, it is an exciting time to be a football fan, even if the world is burning around us. And uh, I certainly look to look forward to talking with you about uh, the EFC South next time around. Sounds good. All right, then. I will see you then. Until then, goodbye, sweet listeners. Love you. Yeah, you guys are all right. See ya. Bye. <laughs>